Welcome to Headliners, the podcast. This is the paper review that won't put you to sleep. You can catch us live every night from 11 on GB News with a panel of top-notch comedians going through the biggest stories hitting the next day's papers. But don't worry, if you miss it, you can catch up here after every show. So let's do it. Welcome to Headliners. I'm Mark Dolan and welcome to Headliners, a first look at tomorrow's papers in the company of the creme de la creme of British comedy. Tonight, a double act more persuasive than the craze and with better tailoring. Yes, indeed. Sajila Kershi and Diane Spencer join us. Great to have you. And Sajila, could somebody please tell April that it's supposed to be warm? I know April didn't. Or at least not Arctic. It's really cold. It's like it's almost like a like a cruel, cruel thing to do. Today is when all the prices go up for heating and bills and then and, and I'm having to put my heating on full today. I was freezing. I really you? feel like it's cutting through me. I feel the cold anyway. And we had that glorious week of just pure mm. sunshine. And I wore a skirt. I felt so brave. And now I just have these cold white knees that I must cover again. And there's an image we can't unsee. <laughs> yeah, my problem is I've, I've, I've had to revert to the winter wardrobe. You know, all of that had been, had been sort of packed away into the back of, uh, of a cupboard. But no, the, uh, the Roger Moore 70s knitwear is back. Well, you've got your thermal vest on. Yes, I do. Yeah. Yes. And uh, long johns and much besides. <laughs> Now, lots to get through. Let's take a look at tomorrow's front pages, first of all. And here is the Daily Mail. And they've decided to splash with the following. £750,000 from Fraudster was to fund Beatrice his wedding. Astonishing admission from Prince, Prince Andrew's aide in a phone call over cash at the heart of a court battle. Buckingham Palace told bankers a mysterious three quarters of a million pounds gift to Prince Andrew was for his daughter, Princess Beatrice's wedding. The Daily Mail has obtained details of an astonishing phone call to his private secretary at the time, deepening the riddle over the money. So where did this money come from and where did it go? We'll uh, bring more on that shortly. The Daily Telegraph, thousands of turbines to treble onshore wind power and Putin, the cancer doctor and the baths of antler blood. The Telegraph speculating there on the health of Vladimir Putin, which we can only hope is poor. The Guardian, Covid hits an all-time high in UK as Easter holidays begin crumbs. It's almost like they're trying to get us in the mood for more restrictions. And Prince Andrew and the £1 million puzzle. More challenges there to the popularity of the beleaguered prince. FT weekend, offices emptying fast as Covid infection rates reach record high, and P&O ferries face criminal probe and potential large fine for cruise sackings. The Daily Mirror, McCann exclusive, I'm 100% sure my friend snatched Maddie. Madeline McCann was snatched by pervert Christian Bruckner, a pal of his, insists. The Times newspaper lead with UK missile shoots down first Russian helicopter, Ukrainian forces Claims success with Star Streak. Meanwhile, the Daily Express lead with Andrew wants to be at Queen's side for Jubilee. Prince Andrew is keen to play a key role in the Queen's Platinum Jubilee celebrations. However, I wonder whether the cash row will put paid to that idea. 
The Iron newspaper, Sunak urged to wake up to the UK's cost of living crisis. And last but not least, the Daily Star. Where the hell do we find these numbskulls, dim and dimmer? Mega rich energy boss tells customers to save cash by not using electricity. Minister earning £115,000 moans that the cost of living crisis is making his life tricky. You couldn't make it up. And those are your front pages. And first up, it's Saturday's Mail and my favourite royal. That's right, Prince Andrew. What's he been up to, Sajila? Oh, so this is, this is like a plot from a film. You've got the prince, the millionaires, and the fraudster. So, uh, I mean, it's just, just a delicious story to, to land uh, today. Um, I don't know if you remember Beatrice's wedding, Princess Beatrice's wedding, and, and a source told me that um, Prince Andrew wanted to make it bigger than Meghan and, and Harry's. Mm. And how was he going to finance this? Yes, a source close to me. And that source was um, some programme on TV that I can't remember uh, that told me. Uh, so basically, uh, £750,000 from Frauster was to fund Princess Beatrice's wedding. And this is an, an astonishing admission from Prince Andrew's aide in a phone call about cash at heart of a new high court battle. That's the, the headline. Um, and the millionaires is Nehabet Ezblian, and she claims to have been scammed out of a fortune by Selman Turk, the fraudster. And and 1.5 million ended of her money ended up somehow in Andrew Andrew's bank account, who then paid for Beatrice's wedding. Now I don't know about you, but I even get like you know an extra fiver in my bank account. I'm like, all right, where did that come from? What's happened? And, and who do I owe? And what, what's happening? And I, I get like really panicking, let alone, you know, a, a, a £750,000, which was quite happy to pay for the wedding to, to do that. So they don't know where this money's come from. It's, and I love this. The alleged fraudster uh, who set up the scheme described in legal documents as apparent money laundering. I mean, it's going to take us a long time to work out what was happening here. But the, 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 it's very helpfully, you know, signposted it as apparent money laundering. So even the royals, you know, have been involved with sort of money laundering schemes. Um, and uh, that's as far as I know, because obviously this story broke out as we were. And I've just, got no doubt that the prince will deny this story. Yes, of but I, I've got to say, I, I, you know, I'm really starting to go off, Andrew. <laughs> Really? I've suddenly realised he, he might be quite problematic. I, I consider him... Is it just me? No, 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 I think you're correct. He is definitely his royal minus uh, in what <laughs> he's bringing to the actual family. I mean, when you look at it, £750,000, like you said, if that appeared in, in any of our bank accounts, we'd be like, OK, what did I do? Or what am I supposed to do for that yeah. money? Um, but for Andrew, that's barely a tenth of a settlement, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it doesn't really cover much. So in, in all honesty... Also, I... if you're going to take £750,000 from ill-gotten gains, surely you would spend it on something like selfishly, like you're going to have some fun. You go to Vegas, perhaps, go to the casino. You don't spend it on your daughter's wedding. Well, he might have spent some of it going to an island in the middle of... Nowhere. Oh. <laughs> what, by flying by, like, private jet and, like, private hanging jet out with, like... Lots of other very, very well-known men that haven't been named and shamed yet. Well, that surely would oh. never happen. Hmm? But also, he would never have had this hassle if he hadn't gone to Weatherspoons to have a family wedding there. Because, actually, a pub <laughs> wedding is, is by far the best kind of wedding, don't you think? <laughs> 
Especially if it's Curry Thursday. Oh, Curry Thursday. What a legend for a wedding as well. Personally, though, I would definitely pick a pub like a Weatherspoons that doesn't have any music because wedding DJs, they try to please everyone and they please no one. Have you ever been booked for a wedding, guys? Like to do stand-up? Yes, I have. No one ever wants you there. It's a tough gig. <laughs> yeah, it's a horrible, horrible gig. And uh, you have the self-loathing when you get yeah. home. You're scrubbing yourself clean. Because the only, only bride or the groom who's booked <laughs> you wants you and everybody else just wants a, yeah. a, you know, a karaoke. Yeah. And if it doesn't go well, you've ruined their special day. You've ruined their special day. <laughs> and they'll never forget you, and that's yeah. not a good thing. Apologies to uh, Sandra and Bob for that. <laughs> 1987, my first gig. Apologies. It's time now for uh, Saturday's Telegraph with the government strategy to solve the energy crisis, Diane. Yes. So um, uh, thousands more wind turbines may be built um, to treble onshore wind power. Uh, now... This is part of a plans that have been privately commissioned by Boris Johnson and Kwasi Kwarteng um, to ex explore expanding this uh, because obviously it's to help with offset the cost of living crisis. Yeah. Because, you know, they were criticised a lot. Rishi Sunak was criticised in the spring statement for um, sort of allowing the fossil fuel firms to make enormous profits. They are literally saying... We don't know what to do with all this money. It's like, well, maybe lower our bills. Yeah. Could you? Um, and not only is it uh, slightly interesting that they've done this, but it's also because uh, Boris has previously been very critical of wind turbines. He called them white satanic mills, uh, ludicrous, and he said that they could fail to pull. They would fail to pull the skin off a rice pudding. And that's what he's... How unusual for Boris Johnson to say one thing in a speech or a newspaper article and do another in power. It's, yeah, it's can't believe crazy, it. I can't believe it. However, um, isn't the answer to go for every possible source of energy? So isn't the answer to have more turbines and actually to look at uh, shale gas, to look at oil, to look at coal, to basically have endless amounts of energy so we're not reliant on Putin? Absolutely, 100%. That said... I'll be honest, when we go to Edinburgh on the train, I see those turbines, 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 turbines. she and sees I, those uh, turbines. turbines, I see them turbines, and I'm Turns like, Turns you into a West Country and farmer. And it turns me into a West Country, and please, I'm really sorry <laughs> about West Country, I, I apologise for doing that accent, uh, but yeah, I, I, and I just feel they're, they are a little bit freaky. Yeah, they are a bit, aren't they? Blight on the landscape. Uh, well, of course, uh, it will be an issue going forward. Energy independence. Let's power through a few more before the break because we've got some great stories here. First of all, Saturday's Financial Times reporting the latest on the P&O situation. Sajila, what's the story? Um, so uh, P&O ferries face criminal investigation into the sacking of 800 uh, sailors. Well, of course, we saw this coming. Mm. Um, uh, you know, when you sack 800 uh, employees without consulting the government and in indeed the, um, the unions, you're going to get into a bit of a pickle. So um, w what's happened is uh, obviously Peter Hebblewaite has admitted that, um, you know, uh, he, he did do like wrongdoing. I don't know if he was absolutely desperate in that moment, because why would you just sack 800 people just like that, just trying to get the money back and save the company? But I don't I think that's gone far gone beyond that. Um, but there is, but they always have said that it's not clear whether the penalties that they're applying um, uh, will, uh, it's because of the maritime sector. Because if, you, if, if you're going by UK law, Obviously, the unions are going to get involved, and in, yeah. they this is this is actually um, <clears throat> uh, where the, because the employer's got an obligation then to notify the authorities in those countries. But these ships are registered 
uh, outside of the UK, which makes it a little bit more problematic for the employers to yeah. get their rights. Well, it's there. a loophole that they've exploited, yeah, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, they have. And, and so obviously he did know what he was doing because he would have consulted people. There's no way on earth that he didn't know that 800 employees, but he has paid them off. So that's the problem. They, they took the payment. Mm. So technically, because they took a payment, they can't then say that it was unfair dismissal because they've already kind of... but. Because it happened so quickly, they haven't had to, you know, time to consult their unions. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's all a bit of a bit of a, a real. I, 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 mess. I smell a rat. A rat leaving a sinking ship. <laughs> How about this story, Diane? Saturday's Mail and reports about Vladimir Putin's health. So uh, there has been an investigative uh, report by somebody called the uh, Project Media, and they are a Russian-backed. Um, media company that are now blocked. And they have revealed that Putin uh, may have been suffering from medical complications when he actually went to war in Ukraine. Um, and his medical complications could have meant he was taking steroids, which meant that he's gone to war in Ukraine on roid rage, which is just getting more and more insane. He's apparently had five medical related absences that have been clearly noticed. You know, it's a bit like, you know, when those celebrities sort of disappear mm. for a couple of months and they come back with very big boobs and they go, I just needed time away. And you're like, <laughs> you clearly did. What did you? Well, look, why do you think I took such a long break over Christmas? Well, I mean, it, it, they... <laughs> Thanks for the attention. <laughs> Worth every penny. <clears throat> um, so he's been away doing this and um, he's accompanied so much by a specific doctor who follows him around, uh, Dr. Sheshiglov, mm. that um, he's actually, this doctor has been photobombing um, all of Putin's sort of public appearances because he's following Putin around. And there's an idea that Putin could even be a hypochondriac because he went and got photographed with lots of athletes. And then suddenly the next day he went, actually, I was surrounded by people with coronavirus. And then he disappeared for a month. Uh, and then he came back looking very refreshed. Botox, we think. <laughs> and uh, he, he might be a hypochondriac because he keeps having these meetings with these doctors. Mm. But the idea that he could genuinely have uh, a problem like uh, thyroid mm. cancer or he could even he's been meeting with neuroscientists. And this is serious because a lot of people who stay in power for far too long have suffered from degenerative diseases that affect their mm. ability to reason. Mm. And he's gone into war in Ukraine, which is kind of another reason why democracy and being able to vote people out is a good mm. thing. Well, that's right. Luckily, Adolf Hitler's plans to control Europe fell apart because of his well-reported yeah. drug addiction. Yeah. And, and so let's hope that uh, as Putin, you know, continues to pop the pills, allegedly, then, then he sort of loses his grip on the situation. Or he could actually go the other way and go really very crazy and actually do things that we can then never come back from. Yeah. You know, there's because the, he's a time bomb waiting to go off. Well, that's right. I mean, that happens to me when I have three Panadols. So don't try. <laughs> don't try that at home. Now, Guardian, uh, Sajila, with uh, the latest on COVID stats. And it's know, not going is, in the right direction, is it? This is this is your favourite topic. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's time to trigger like, Dolan. Oh, right, I'm with Brace, Mark. brace, brace. Uh -oh. yeah. <laughs> go to the break because this is Mark. We're talking about COVID. Um, OK, so uh, COVID <laughs> is 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 um, apparently hit an all-time high across the UK. Mm. Watch Mark's eyes roll. And uh, with almost 5 million people, 1 in 13 of the population, uh, you know. It is the, everywhere, isn't it? Yeah. And, and basically... The way that I've, I've decided, because this is the BA2 Omicron, mm. right? And, and, and I feel it's almost like, do you remember the 70s song, Disco? D I 
Celestial. <laughs> singing D. I was there at the time. Yeah. So singing D for Delta, singing I for India, singing <laughs> S for South Africa, singing C for COVID, singing O for Omicron. So basically, it's good it's, work. Yeah, I know. Oh, We've Tim only got Rice, two hours, guys, to do this. Tim Rice, eat your heart out. <laughs> Yeah, I've been writing on. So I thought I'd detract from the fact that there is that happening. However, hospitalizations have reached quite high in Scotland, yeah. just to let you know, there with 19,534 COVID patients. Um, now, they're saying that obviously when, when it peaks, it will go down very quickly. So yeah. April, May, uh, I, 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 no, Mark's not even pretending. Well, no, I, no I, I, think, I, mean, I think it's very clear that cases are very yeah. high. And you know what? They're absolutely bonkers in countries like Germany and Austria. Mm. Uh, does it beg the question, uh, COVID is here to stay, uh, it, it's, it's a genie's out the lamp, you know, any talk of restrictions now, does that not seem almost silly? Um, well, I, yeah, I, given its prevalence. You could say that restrictions do, see, do mm. seem silly, but what we're just learning and the research that's coming out of South Africa is about uh, long COVID, which still is you know, something that we don't know enough about. Uh, there's a, a brilliant doctor called Dr. Pretorius who is researching uh, the effect of long COVID on the blood. And, and she found out it was to do with microclotting, which is why uh, it affects people in so many different ways mm. because they've actually got these microclots. Mm. So although I agree with you, like COVID is here, it's going around, we sort of restrictions are gonna hamper the economy, not help it. On the other hand, we do have to bear in mind that there is still there is still is a vulnerable category of mm. people, and and you know. I, but can they be protected? I mean, this is the question. I I don't mind how, yeah, wearing a mask to help someone else. Yeah, but does mm. that help? I mean, these masks, which I mean, for example, the cloth masks we were told by the chief medical advisor to CNN are facial furniture, and CNN has been very pro all of the COVID measures. The surgical masks that most people wear in this country are not accepted in Germany and Austria. They consider them worthless. You've got to wear the wow. N95. I mean, the, the issue is, we'd all, if there was a button you could press to protect the vulnerable or slow the spread of the disease, then I would be pressing that button. I would mm. glue it down. Yeah. But do we have any serious faith that masking and going back to economically dam damaging restrictions will make a difference? Well, I think, I know you said about facial furniture, and I think you didn't see the story the other day we had, which was the Dyson uh, headphone with the oh, little mask. That. Oh my yes. God. Well, if I think the government could give me one of those Dyson, if you're listening, I still want one. Uh, yeah. So that I think I might that's facial that. furniture that I would like to have. I think we need that's, to move forward. That's with not that. a bad shout. Yeah. Well, look, let's hope that the cases come down, and, and clearly that w it will be uh, an issue for the foreseeable future. And uh, we certainly um, wish anybody that's struggling and suffering with COVID at the moment um, all the very best, because it is everywhere. And I do know lots of people that are stuck in bed and not feeling great. How about this? Saturday's Telegraph have got a story on some more eco-protests, Diane. Now, this is about the Just Stop Oil protesters. Uh, they blocked 10 critical oil terminals uh, today on April Fool's Day, <laughs> the moment where all the energy prices go up. Now, I've been following uh, Just Stop Oil uh, I've been looking at them uh, like away from this program because I discovered them uh, after another Daily Mail article. And uh, they're basically a watered down sort of version of Extinction Rebellion. Mm. And it does sound like a fad diet, doesn't it? Like just <laughs> stop saturated fats or I can't believe it's not diesel. Um, <laughs> but it's they basically yeah. target students and they target students and they get them to attend these meetings. And then they, they fill uh, the students, all their language is very, very fiery. It's all about the genocide of the British people. 
because of oil and gas and things like this. Now, all of these protests were actually planned for March because I was watching this group and I, and I thought, oh, OK, right, we'll see what gets blocked. Um, but they didn't do it. And I wonder whether the war in Ukraine set them back a little bit. Um, and so they decided to do it uh, now. And they had to recruit from the students because some of them were climbing on oil tankers. You can't go the Extinction Rebellion route, which is basically the over 70s. Because, you know, you can easily sort of get an over 70s person, stop the, what am I doing? Does any, has anybody bought the jam I've brought? Like, you know, you could get them to do that. <laughs> Tea in a thermos, yeah. Oh, yeah, they're happy <laughs> little, all day. Little portable chairs. They think they're doing extras work on EastEnders. They don't know what's going on. But uh, when you get the Just Stop Oil people, they've got the young'uns, and they're climbing all over the oil tankers, mm. and they're sort of, wow. Yeah. You know, I get it. I get that the reliance on fossil fuels ne needs to come down. But at the same time, I can't afford to buy a Tesla yet. I can't afford to get an electric car. Yeah. I still need to have petroleum. And it's becoming increasingly expensive to use. Mm. But I, I still need it. Yeah. And I get what they're trying to say. I just think that they're really going a, 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 the wrong way about saying well, it. I think there's you're, you're there's right. been six arrests uh, uh, there. And I think um, they're quite happy that they got arrested because at least they'll get free heated rooms. Of course and, they will. And also <laughs> climbing up on all those, on, all those you know, tankers, that's a bit of exercise, keeps them warm, young people. So, you know, they're, they're, not, they're not silly. You, you know? see, crime pays. Crime does pay. <laughs>
<laughs> Keeve, here we come. We tried Sajila and it was inappropriate. Well, yeah, I was wondering how are they going to match people up? Was it going to be like star signs, music choices? Like you want to know, is the person who's going to come and live with you, are they, going to, are they the one who puts the toilet roll, the paper oh. is out oh. or the paper goes in? So right. In right? or out? Out. 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 It's got to be out. Out. Oh, oh good. We are so I connected. used to be in and then Mrs. Dolan taught me better. Oh, my God. We oh, could totally live together. Not only in that department. <laughs> she was my saviour. Now, this uh, next story is in Saturday's Times, and it's a really shocking story, Diane, and it's about the horrific scandal in Rotherham. Yeah, this is absolutely appalling. So no officers have been sacked. Uh, in the wake of the Rotherham child sex abuse scandal. And uh, 47 officers were uh, involved and investigated by the Independent Office for Police Conduct. And out of those, even though they found uh, that they had some of them, um, some of this is absolutely appalling, six had a case to answer for gross misconduct, eight were found to have a, a case to answer for misconduct, Nobody has been fired. And I wonder whether this is down to a lack of police numbers. And mm. uh, they've literally said, well, if we fire one, we've got to fire 14 of them. And we're South Yorkshire. We can't afford to lose 14 police officers. I genuinely think that's the first thing. Secondly, um, it's... Uh, Secondly, it's to do with the, the fact that the conduct of these people has been terrible. Like, they, they didn't want to come out and say it because it meant that they had to say predominantly uh, Asian men, almost all of Pakistani heritage, were committing this crime. And what they were doing is grooming young vulnerable mm, girls yes. and, and raping them. Yes, they were. And they weren't even taking... When... Uh, one of the complaints was that uh, a girl went to the police and said, I've been raped by multiple men and it was not investigated. It was not taken seriously. And sadly, it's just another example of a police force mistreating women, which we've had a lot of. You know, it, we've had the way that the women were treated at the Sarah Everard vigil, uh, the way that uh, the police officers was, were found to be taking selfies of themselves near dead women. It's just uh, pretty appalling. And they're saying that it's a part of a, of a wider failure of the police. And that's why they haven't sacked anybody, because it's a wider failure. That, to me, is ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. You don't, you don't say, oh, well, we could sack these 14 people, but actually the whole system's bad, so we won't. Yeah. This story has made me so angry because these mm. poor girls were failed. Um, they were obviously abused by these men and there were two women involved as well, which makes it even more horrific, two white women. And um, then they were failed by the police because they were seen as the bottom rung of the ladder, the scum, you know, they're from broken homes. And when you have vulnerability like that, that is where men like these prey. And I'm glad they keep printing the photos. I'm glad they keep shaming them because yeah. that's exactly what should happen. And that community in Rotherham, you know, the police force should be absolutely dis just, I mean, it's appalling. I think it was, I guess, ag agree, lack of uh, officers, but also lack of education or knowledge. Or And to just say that it was like, oh, we didn't want to offend the Asian community. I don't believe that. Mm. The Asian community themselves are also suffering. I mean, I did some yeah. writing workshops within the women in those groups. And those women are having to bear the brunt of what these men have done, these horrific, 
awful men. I hope they get whatever they deserve in those prisons. And I think I think women should be brave. Men should be brave that, that you are seeing this in your community. You report it. You tell you know, you basically out them. It's the most evil crime. And what it sounds like is a double injustice. Well, next up, Saturday's Sun reporting on the latest turn in the Chris Rock Will Smith saga, Sajila. Oh, OK. So um, <clears throat> uh, now, obviously, uh, there, there is one school of thought that uh, perhaps the fight, perhaps the slap, like earlier, may or may not have been staged, Diana, but you have been treading on thin <laughs> ice. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> See, I don't think it was but, staged, and I'll tell no, you for it, why. It, I, no, I, I don't. I, I'm, just, I'm just saying that. Well, a lot of people still think it yeah, was. They, but they do think it's staged, but the, the thing is, they've had a history for many years. So let me just read the, uh, uh, basically, Chris Rock to stop the police. The, this story is, is referring to the fact that the police were happy to take Will Smith away. They said it was, you know, um, it, 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 they called Assault. it battery, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is the word they use at the moment. Um, and he said, no, I don't want to take any action. No, 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 I'm fine. Leave it, leave it. And even in his comedy show um, recently, uh, he, he basically said to the audience, um, yes, I, I don't want to talk about that. You know, that'll be dealt with another time and I'll make it funny and I'll make it, I'll make it the truth. So there is something... I think deeply like connected, like I think if in the comedy circuit, you know, we're kind of like close to certain people and something. And if you had a thing, you want to sort it out amongst yourself. Yeah. You don't want to, you know, make it public. Not public. I still can't understand why you'd go at the Oscars when you may possibly win something. I was saying I wouldn't have done that at the Chortle Awards. Yeah. And that's usually gets a bit drunken and raucous and, you know, uh, but you just don't, you wouldn't, and you said you wouldn't do it in a McDonald's. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't slap anybody in a McDonald's. Like, I just think this behaviour... It's, it's very What if they forgot your barbecue sauce? Oh, I don't... Well, no, you're getting me riled up now. No, yeah, it <laughs> might all in, kick I off I was in now. Leicester a few months ago and I got back to my hotel very late at night and I, and I had my chicken McNuggets and oh. then it's like, where's, where's the sauce? Was it, it was a dark <laughs> moment in my day, let me it's, tell it's, you. It's, that's, 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 but, that's but, but, I mean, uh, you know, it's interesting, isn't it? Because this, you know, some people speculate about the, the veracity of this particular encounter. Of course, if you were living... Under a rock, you, you know, you might need reminding that what happened, it was the Oscars and Chris Rock was introducing an award and made a joke about Will Smith's wife. Yes, and it was an alopecia sort of joke or about her baldness. Jada, Jada, I love, love you, G.I. Jane too. Can't wait to see it. That was the right. joke. And he made a joke about the fact that her head was shaved. It's yeah. not actually clear that he was making an alopecia joke, but just pointing out that her head was shaven off yeah. and he's like, oh, you're going to be in a military movie next time, you know. Uh, but I think what tells me that it was kosher and real and authentic is because following the slap, which I thought was a bit theatrical, Will Smith sat down and then began berating Chris uh, Rock and swearing at him. And I don't think you'd be swearing at the Oscars on live TV at the top of your voice if that was a sort of comic skit. No, no. Yeah, I, I, I think I, it was I real. Think, yeah. It was the swearing that made me think, oh, no, this is the real deal. Mm. Um, but the, the ramifications, I think, are quite significant, particularly for Will Smith, aren't they? Um, well, yeah, I mean, there's uh, a question about whether they're going to strip him of his Oscar. Uh, like Darcy Lee Mutley. Do you remember the medallion used to be pulled off Darcy Lee Mutley? Strip it back off. That's what my neighbour's cat sounds like. But I reckon that Chris Rock just, because um, the LAPD were there, and I reckon Chris Rock was like, do you know what? No matter how bad this has got, if I get the LAPD involved, they might just shoot Will Smith and I don't <laughs> want that on my conscience. Fair point. Let's move on to Boris Johnson now. Um, he backtracked and then backtracked again, according to Saturday's Independent, Diane. Boris Johnson is pirouetting like an ice skater on this issue. So... Um, 
basically, he has done a double U-turn because he loves bending that way on conversion therapy. Uh, the Conservative Party pledged in 2018 that they would end conversion therapies, which is where uh, people seek to change someone else's sexual orientation or gender identity. So the idea is that you could have therapy to stop you being gay or stop you, stopping you wanting to transition. Mm. Yes, That'd be it. yes. And the idea is that you just need uh, a bit more therapy and then you won't be gay. I personally think that um, Boris just after Partygate, he thought, well, anybody having a better time than me, I'm going to shut them down. And he took one look at the gay scene and went, they're having far too much fun. Um, <laughs> um, oh, but what I has happened, obviously... That. Having watched a lot of videos online, I would confirm that's true. <laughs> Don't watch the videos, go! <laughs> um, so, essentially, uh, they were going to not pass a bill that would outlaw gay therapy. But then, um, thankfully, uh, there was a backlash. And they even, they even predicted the backlash. So why they even did this in the first place, I have no idea. Um, and then Boris quickly went, we've done it wrong. And now he is going to make it uh, illegal. But what's interesting is that um, it's only going to be uh, illegal to try and s convert somebody from being uh, homosexual, but it's not going to be illegal to do that for somebody who wants to transition. Which that could be body dysphoria. It could yeah, be yeah. body dysmorphia. Dysmorphia, yeah. so, sorry. Yeah, dysmorphia. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's all right. So, um, and then that does need to be properly assessed. And apparently there's a large percentage of people who are autistic who seek to transition, and it's not because they necessarily um, are trans, because some people are trans, but some people think, oh no, if I just become trans, it will solve all my other mm -hmm. problems. And it's like, oh no, wait It's a like a misdiagnosis yeah. almost. Yeah, but I mean, yes, yeah. But I mean, conversion therapy, it's, it sounds so evil. It's, it is proper evil. How can you ungay someone? That's ridiculous. I, it, that to me says that whoever thinks that's real, literally has no gay friends. Like when you have gay friends, you, it's like, or, you'd be like, they've, really? They've like, been in a coma for the last hundred years. Yeah, no, no, yeah. But you know, but there are still some people out there who seem to think that gay is a choice. And, it, and it's, it's mad to mm. me because I have so many gay friends and the second you meet a gay person and you talk to them and you treat them like a human being, which they are, you're like, this conversion therapy stuff is rubbish. Yeah, it, and deeply Absolute offensive. Rubbish. Deeply offensive, yes. I think. Uh, how about this, Sajila, the Qatar World Cup uh, in the Saturday Times? More controversy. Ah, more controversy. Mm -hmm. Qatar senior security leader warns rainbow flags may be confiscated at the World Cup. Now, um, initially being told that everyone's welcome, everyone's going to be, you know, it's good old times going over to the... Uh, this is what happens when you... When you when you uh, go to places like Qatar, yeah. which have terrible human rights uh, abuses. Go and figure. so they're basically saying that if it, 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 the, the FIFA previously said that rainbow flags would be permitted in stadiums, but Ansari, Major General Abdul Ziziz Abdullah El Ansari, just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Um, uh, El Ansari for short. Surely, yeah. Chairman of the, national, <laughs> the, the national Counter Terrorism Committees of the Ministry of Interior said that there should be no promotion of gay rights. Hmm. OK, so you just said if somebody raised a rainbow flag and I took it off him, it's not because I really want to. 
really take it, it to, to really insult them, but to protect them. So I think, I think everybody should go over. If you're going to go over to Qatar, I, it's not my favourite country. I mean, I got stopped at the airport there and my engagement video was taken off me because I thought it was porn. Wait a um, minute, you're always getting stopped at I'm airports. always getting stopped. Every well, time you're on, there's an airport okay, story. Okay, there was a reason I get stopped. Have you ever thought and, that you might just be a drug <laughs> mule? <laughs> And I, I, keep I mean, have you not noticed that you're independently wealthy and you seem to get paid a lot of cash? You yeah. never wondered where I that get money's lots coming of boyfriends from. Boyfriends that give me camera cases to take through. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just God. I'm so popular with the boys. It's just like when I was in my twenties. But no, I think we should all be wearing rainbow burkas when we go over there. Good idea. Uh, and when I went to when I went to the Olympics in Rio, we didn't have a flag. We had a, a, a Union Jack towel. Take your rainbow towels, and if the if the feds come over, you just say, "I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm a bit damp, and I'm just, just love it. wiping myself." Yeah, fight back, people. You think? Yeah, I think I think it's dangerous. I think you don't have to go to Qatar. I think. Make, another way is to make a protest by not going. I've and never been back. Well, what about <laughs> go to Qatar and have? Gay conversion therapy and see how that plays out. Because if they, if, if any regime's got the got the absolute crack of it, it would be the Qataris, no? Yeah, but why haven't they got homophobia version therapy? Why haven't, why haven't exactly they got right. like? Why can't we have therapy that makes people less homophobic, less racist? Oh, that because that would be why a good that idea. Yeah, but why 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 is that not happening? There you go. We'll send a memo to the embassy. Welcome back to Headliners with me, Mark Dolan. We're taking a look at tomorrow's front pages in the company of the double comedic threat of Sajila Kershi and Diane Spencer. And first up, we've got China making rather audacious accusations against the Brits in Saturday's Times, Sajila. Oh. Oh, are they? Yes, they are. That's right. I'm I mean, just going to get my glasses and look rather dramatically very at, at this. Yeah, so China tells Britain to ditch colonial mindset over Hong Kong. Um, basically, China is so saying... So that they can have their own colonial yeah, mindset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So because they, they're saying, China, uh, keep your filthy colonial paws off our Hong our Kong cathedral. Our empire's better than yours. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, well, you know, they just, want, they just want us to keep out of their business, basically. Basically, if you've been in a claustrophobic, controlling relationship and you split up, but you're ex is still involved in your life, you know, looking on Facebook, seeing who you're going out with um, and, and what you can wear and what you can not do. That's effectively how China feels about Hong Kong. Like, you know, we've, we've done now. Yeah. So let us go and stop controlling us. So that's what's happening there. Yeah, it does say that um, they said that the residents of Hong Kong have enjoyed far more rights and freedoms than before 1997. Yes, they now have the right to say they love China. They have the right to say that everything Xi Jinping does is correct. They have the right to now put the milk in the cup before the tea. They have all those rights. All those Just rights. not the right to protest. <laughs> no, not the right to protest, not the right to disagree. Um, but who needed that? Nobody needed that. Yep. One controlling relationship after another. <laughs> Who knew? Next up, Saturday's Mail reporting on the problems of British aid, Diane. This is incredible. So Britain will spend £1.3 in aid to other countries who refuse to condemn Putin and his invasion of Ukraine. Now, 
I happen to think that this is a, a much bigger issue that at a time where we literally, we have a cost of living crunch. Mm -hmm. We have half a million children who are going to be pushed into poverty from today. We have people who are choosing to eat. It's heat or eat. Like that's become a phrase. And yet we're giving 1.3 billion in aid to other countries. One of them is... North Korea, and I'm, I'm really, and another one is Belarus, and we get, they're going to receive, or they did receive 80,000 pounds, which I assume they spent on camp supplies for all the Russian troops that were building up at the border. Is that yeah, what they spent that I on? I think so. I just feel like, I feel like Britain's a soft touch. Okay. I really do. I feel like the other countries are saying, oh, no, we'll we'll do things like we're, we're giving 12.4 million to China. Since when does China need 12.4 million from us? And um, one of the reasons is to aim to bring trans China's transition to an inclusive, sustainable and productive economy. Now, I don't think being as what we've just said about Hong Kong, China has any intention of making the society inclusive or anything like that or, or transitioning to what we would like them to do. I just think they tell us what we want to hear and the Foreign Office goes, oh, that sounds great. And they think the world is full of rainbows and bambies and they just give all this money away. But I think we need the money here more. OK, I'm going to give a flip side of that. Go for it. It's like, so um, obviously, yes, we do give aid. It's great that we give aid. And some of these countries, they're not speaking out against Russia because like maybe Renault in France, a first world country, is still dealing business there. It's because they need it. I mean, I know Pakistan went over there like with Imran Khan, the prime minister, to get his, with his begging bowl to basically ask for wheat because the country is poor and also starving. So this is a global you know, issue around poverty. And, and it, when we look at the, you know, like China, yes, awful. Isn't it awful? Isn't it awful that we also have dealings with Saudi Arabia, who've got the worst human rights going? Isn't it awful that we have decided to take our football over to Qatar? Also equally bad human rights. So, you know, we, we, we can say all these things, but the people who really need the money, we should, they should have it. How about we stop dealing with absolute hideous regimes and then try and blame the like the fallout from that that like that response mm. on on the people that are actually the most vulnerable three words follow the money next up from the saturday sun it's slugs and beer sajila tell me more oh so um i did not know this so hugely popular gardening materials are going to be made illegal from today uh there's going to be a ban on uh, uh slug pellets which have actually been in uh, around since uh, 1814 is it or something some big year somewhere a lot a lot of years a lot of years are they, 1914, are they, are they toxic 1914? or something are they bad for the environment they're, why have they, why no, they got rid well, of them the, the, the yeah. pellets basically um they they think it's when you eat when the birds and the animal kingdom eat the slugs then they can die of poisoning. So what they've decided is like that, the, and it's got this uh, thing called metahalodide. I did. Metahalodide. We add a slug. Yeah, metahalodide. I even wrote it phonetically. Metahalodide. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, this really bad stuff that kills things, right? That's what it's got. And so what they're saying is that it's much easier to kill them with beer. So you get a bowl of beer. No, and you get and, a pint. A pint of beer, a yeah, pint of beer, and the slugs will come up to it because they're attracted by the yeast smell, and then they'll drown, and they'll drown happy. They will die happy. Just get them a couple of crack, 
you know, slug whores, uh, hoorays, and they will be dying really happily. I prefer the old-fashioned method of just throwing snow, uh, salt at them, salt at them, and then they're literally like the Wicked Witch of the East in, in, in uh, Wizards of Oz, and they just like, I'm melting, I'm melting, then crumble up and they shrivel up no, and die. We, we made a slug pub. You just, you get a pint, you put it in the garden, next morning you wake up, there's all these dead <laughs> slugs in it, but you've got to clean it. Yeah, it's gross. <laughs> Death by a pint of lager, I'm sure there are worse ways to go. Uh, let's now have a look at this story, a weird tale of Cadbury's chocolate and Russian scamming in Saturday's well, Mail. So it? Cadbury warned against Russian Easter basket scam uh, and basically it's Easter guys and their Eastern Bloc bunnies are coming. Oh wow. Yeah, I know, I'm from <laughs> today. Right, so chocolate lovers have been warned to ignore the convincing scam offering a free Easter basket as it's linked to a, a data harvesting operation inside Russia. I wish we got like a, 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 a photo of that because I did see it. I did see it. Um, and so victim, victims are, were asked to join the Cadbury Easter egg hunt with the offer up to 5,000 free gifts. Do not click on anything, people. Um, and uh, Mondelez, which is a spokesperson for Cadbury's, have said that we've made aware of circulating posts on social media claiming to offer consumers a free Easter chocolate basket. We can confirm that it's been generated, not been generated by us, but of course, Russian bots. You'd be really mad, wouldn't you? If you were sat there in front of your computer, you think you're going to get a free Easter basket and then you find out your details have been stolen by Russia. I'd be sat on a pair of hot cross buns. Absolutely uh, gutted. <laughs> Nicely done. That was a topical joke. Quite like it. This is a strange one from Saturday's Times. Sajila, would you eat Fukushima fish? So Fukushima, Fukushima, Fukushima fish to be farmed to prove water is safe. I'm sorry, this just sounds vile. I'm not eating anything. So, uh, so but what it is, is that Fukushima fish Do you is... you mind not swearing? It's a family show. <laughs> Am I not saying it right? There you are, you're fine. Fukushima. You just said that. You just said that Fukushima fish. It might not be your cup of tea. It's Fukushima Dolichi Nuclear Power Station. That's why it's called that. And it's basically, they're trying to make the safety of water so that that the fish can be treated for radioactivity. Oh, there is, there's a photo of the fish. Uh, but anything that's been near, we all know that radioactive stuff is not safe. And so they're trying to get rid of the radioactive stuff from the fish so the fish is safe to eat. Blimey. And any animal, anything that- Would you, you take eat, their word for it that we've got no, it out? No, 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 because you know this fish that you can, but if you cook it, it's not poisonous, but if you don't eat it when it's cooked, I don't want to eat anything like that that might kill you at any stage of your, of its kind of existence. Yeah, it's uh, put me right off my dinner. I've got to be honest with you, Diane. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there, there are some fish that have a natural bioluminescence. I just don't think it should be when they're dead in the, on the counter. Like, that's yeah. not when the fish should be glowing, yeah. really. No way. Imagine if you go to a restaurant, they say guaranteed nuclear-free. Not ideal, <laughs> is it? Gluten-free, nuclear-free, yeah, so many it. options, right? It's very groovy. <laughs> uh, next up, um, Saturday's Express. A pilot has been telling porkies, Diane. Yes. So, British Airways pilot Craig Butfoy has been jailed for lying about his flying experience. He, you know, he made these false claims to try and secure a job with BA City Flyer, or as the company might become to known, BA City Liar. <laughs> and there's your headline. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> there you go. Please don't sue me. Um, and they discovered that he had been um, filling in his flight log incorrectly to give himself more experienced hours, because rather than actually logging in flight time, he thought he'd just wing it. 
And um, this guy thankfully got found out because, you know, he was telling lies, plain and simple. Um, so thank God, uh, because, you know, flying a plane, it's, it's not like riding a bike. And, and you need to build up that experience. Like, well, yeah. Actors are notorious for saying, oh, I can ride a horse just to get oh, a part yes, in a movie, yes, can't yes, they? That's yes. like a kind of, that's shorthand for what an actor actually does. But flying a plane is a bit more of a challenge. No, it's like you can't just ride a bike and then go, oh, I can ride a bike. And then like say, no, seriously, put me in the Tour de France. Seriously, I will nail this. <laughs> like you, you, you need to build up experience. You need to get believable lies. So Craig, uh, Craig Bifoy thought he could fly. So did Icarus. And like Icarus, <laughs> he basically crashed and burned. Burned. Nicely done. Look at <laughs> acted out with all the moves. That's why we paid the big bucks. My sincere thanks to the fabulous Sajila Kershi and the equally brilliant Diane Spencer. Thanks for listening to Headliners, the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode again. And if you enjoyed it, leave me a nice comment. Speak to you at the same time tomorrow for the paper review that's never boring.